Yeah. Have you ever in your entire life thought ill of the packaging for Uncle Ben's or for Mrs. Butterworth or Aunt Jemima? Now, let me just stop you right there. As a lover of Uncle Ben and his rice, I can't I can't cancel Uncle Ben. We got to figure this out. Uncle Ben has been my dude since I've been a small child. We can't cancel Uncle Ben. But let me say something else. I didn't know Mrs. Buttersworth was black, dude. Well, isn't the bottle like? Isn't that what it portrays? Like with the syrup in the and being in a clear bottle. But how crazy is it when you empty that bottle? She's white. What are we saying? I don't know. It's a good question. What are we saying? Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio from the CEP Network. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button and give us that five-star rating. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about the show. In this episode, Patrick and I chat about the rebranding of Aunt Jemima, Miss Buttersworth, and Uncle Ben's, the shooting of Rayshard Brooks in Atlanta, the cop's video that went viral over her egg McMuffin mishap at McDonald's, and Patrick schools me on Deftones. If you'd like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, don't hesitate to reach out on the social medias. You can reach us on the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. And if you have any topics you'd like to hear us cover about music, sports, or pop culture, email us at cerebral at thecepodcast.com. Now, let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody. We are back with another episode of Raised on the Radio, and I am just going to jump into stuff because for us to do this episode, I think is going to be, I think both of us are kind of fired up right now, just about apparently things that you just learned about is really having you, really has you infuriated. So I'm excited to talk about it. I mean, I'm not infuriated. I'm annoyed. Well, let's go with infuriated for the sake of the podcast. Go on. You're kind, you're you have ca- stuff to read. So I don't know what you're going to say, though. You gave me a disclaimer, but you didn't tell me the full story. So tell me the full story now, and let's see how enraged I get. <laughs> I think that's more important. Okay, so here's where I'm going to start at. New York Times <clears throat> is where this came from. Aunt Jemima brand to change name and image over racial stereotype. Quaker Oats, which owns the 131-year-old brand, said it would retire the brand as it is, it, 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 as it worked to make progress toward racial equality. The Aunt Jemima brand, founded in 1889, was built on images of a black female character that promoted a false and nostalgic view of slavery in the United States. A former slave portrayed the character as the 1893 World's Fair in Chicago, and a white actress known for performing in blackface played Aunt Jemima on a radio series in the 1930s. And apparently that's okay. who we see on Aunt Jemima. So it's not a black lady, it's a white lady in blackface? Well, it's saying that a white actress was known for performing in blackface played Aunt Jemima on a radio series. So yeah, I guess. I guess that's how that... What does she have to do with the lady that we see on the current? I mean, I, okay, so I guess I, I guess Aunt Jemima on the packaging was based off of Aunt Jemima on the radio series, which is a white woman playing blackface. Okay. That's how I'm reading this. 
So why can't it be that we've corrected our mistakes and we've realized that the white lady playing blackface was an atrocity? <laughs> so we put a real black lady on the on the packaging and we've moved on. But what here's what I'm here's what I want to know. By canceling pancakes, how are we proving <laughs> that we're down for the cause at all? Okay, first off, they can't cancel pancakes. There would be more riots in the streets and more protests. Probably probably from where I, like my Wait, part of town. Wait, Jemima's <laughs> syrup or pancake mix? It's pancake mix. Uh, or she, they make, is it both? I think it's both. Either way, how are we going to cancel fucking breakfast, bro? No, okay, so Aunt Jemima's just on a bottle of syrup. That's it? Yeah. Yeah, it's just syrup. No, no. There's Aunt Jemima pancake mix, too. Okay, but in it's fact, the same face, right? Upstairs. The, the same bro, face, though, right? Now that I look at this picture, that does look like a white lady in blackface. Uh, yeah. I, it's I guess. really close. I guess. It's really close. Huh. But again, how is canceling this image on this syrup bottle and on this pancake mix packaging? How, what are we proving? What are we, what are we, what are we saying? That. And the Quaker Oats company, so they, dude, Aunt Jemima goes all the way back to 1889. So let me, let me ask this. The Quaker Oats company I don't know the history of the company, but I'm going to assume company founded by white people and run by white people now. Not much has changed there. I'm going to assume that. So how, if they agree to cancel this logo, this this packaging, what are they saying? They don't want... They're not wanting to promote... Well... Okay, so to me, blackface has been like nixed for a while, right? Like it's been several years that people have not wanted to see blackface at all, right? I think I think hundreds, yes. Well, no, but but I mean you still see <laughs> it in movies and things like that, right? And I don't think I you see that anymore. Right? No, I mean they're canceling Gone with the Wind's been canceled. Uh yeah. I mean, yeah. But I guess my question is this, and this is just, I mean, again, I don't, what, so what are we going to do? So let me ask, I, I, what do you think they're going to replace it with? I don't know. Just I haven't seen any, the, any articles saying, all I've seen is they're basically rebranding. I haven't seen anything as far as what they How about you? Okay. So you rebrand the logo with another black woman. Either that or you just don't put a face on the bottle. But that but that's what are we are we saying that we're are we saying that we're so woke that we're gonna cancel frozen breakfast and syrup and pancakes? Or are we saying we don't want young African Americans to see an African American female on a syrup bottle anymore? Who who does this please? I'd love to know. I'd love to know. Well, and my, I'll maybe do a Twitter poll after this. Are African Americans going to see this and go great? That's what I was thinking all along. I was tired of seeing 
Aunt Jemima at the grocery store. Yeah, have you ever in your entire life thought ill of the packaging for Uncle Ben's or for Mrs. Butterworth or Aunt Jemima? Let me just stop you right there. As a lover of <laughs> Uncle Ben and his rice, I can't I can't cancel Uncle Ben. We got to figure this out. <laughs> Uncle Ben has been my dude since I've been a small child. We can't cancel Uncle Ben. But let me say something else. I didn't know Mrs. Buttersworth was black, dude. Well, isn't the bottle, like, isn't that what it portrays? Like, with the syrup in the in being in a clear bottle? But how crazy is it when you empty that bottle, she's white? What are we saying? I don't know. It's a good question. What are we saying? So, well, here, let me give you... So, I have a statement from uh, Mark... This is off of Market Market Watch. I have a statement about Miss Buttersworth. The Miss Buttersworth brand, including its syrup packaging, is intended to evoke the images of a loving grandmother, it stated. We stand in solidarity with our black and brown communities, and we can see that our packaging may be interpreted in a way that is wholly inconsistent with our values. So, that sounds to me like they don't even have... Nobody's complaining about it, but they don't. They're trying to get ahead of the game. It sounds like they don't even know what the fuck their brand is. Well, what, and what are their values? We we understand that our actions help play an important role in eliminating racial bias, and as a result, we have begun a complete brand and packaging review on Mrs. Butterworth's. <laughs> I, 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 per, who. Who called for this to change? Who said because some dickhead, unqualified, racist murderer put his knee on somebody's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds until that guy died? Who said that because of that, I need a different outlook on my syrup? I need, I need a change. No one's saying that. So what the way I look at this, whether it's the right way to look at it or not, I don't know. But now, in my opinion, would be the best time that you would want to see African-Americans on products and on brands and being the face of brands because that shows them, that promotes them. Now, if Aunt Jemima literally is a blackface, I'm fine with nixing it. Don't get rid of the syrup, please, but... I'm fine with rebranding because that's a little over the top. But if it's but if it's not, which I kind of see it, kind of don't. I'm not saying it's not there, but it's um now that I'm looking at it. But look, I again, I I want to know who's calling for this to happen. You know what would be more offensive and this is just me and I I shouldn't be speaking for I, okay, here's what would be more offensive to me. If tomorrow they said, you know what, Orville Redenbacher is now a black man. If I, if I, were, if I were an African-American in the United States of America, I'd go, fuck your popcorn. You ain't behind shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would go, but, 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 that's, what, what do you, but again, what is it doing? What are we, what are we saying? Like, I, I understand that art, that what you're saying, but. It's not like we're they're rebranding to a white person. Who? Any of these brands we're talking about. It's not like Uncle Ben's is gonna is gonna now be white instead of black. 
they're not rebranding to anyone. They're rebranding for themselves so they don't catch shit. Right. And th- but that's, that's what, what I mean. But that's what I'm saying. But w- yeah, what you're saying is like Orville Redenbacher, if they rebrand, they're not going to rebrand to a different race of person. Yeah. Are we saying the same thing? <laughs> I think so. Are we man. talking in circles? I, I don't know. I think so. Well, let me. The, let, the, the bottom line is that quick. They're not rebranding for anyone. They're rebranding so they don't. They're trying to get it, like you said, ahead of the curve, and they don't want to catch shit from a bunch of people. But I seriously doubt that tomorrow people are going to walk into a grocery store and go, let me look up the history of Aunt Jemima. Nope. Got to cancel them. That's right. racist. I don't, I don't understand the correlation between uh, – it doesn't have anything to do with what's going on right now. And, and, also, and, and, you can't and if, cancel if, cream of wheat either. <laughs> Why are they – And if, if it did have anything to do with slavery or anything like that back then, to me, if I, if I look at a box now and it has a, a black person on it, I'm thinking we've made it past all that and we are still promoting – like we're not promoting slavery and things like that anymore. We are actually, you know what I'm saying? Like we're over that. And, and, and the black person has made it through and is still on that box. That's the way I would look at it. And that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like, why, why can't we have said we've learned from our mistakes? We've corrected them. Now we're celebrating now. Right. Celebrating right now. Right now is we get to get our pancakes from anyone. Whereas when the stupid company started in the first place, right? Right. um, So I'm reading this and that that story you were reading. So I didn't even realize that they did this, but it kind of makes sense now. And it kind of goes into what we talked about the last time when we were talking about Cleveland Indians, Washington Redskins. But so I don't know. I know who they are, but I couldn't tell you a single song, but that, the Lady Antebellum Country Group. I've heard of them. I couldn't tell you a song. Officially changed their name to Lady A. Actually, I think I did see that article. It's because Antebellum goes back, is like the name of. It's a form of slavery. And that name is? Yeah. The, the word Antebellum refers to uh, pre Civil War, the pre Civil War era and the slavery that existed in, in, in all of its different forms, you know, throughout the South. So where I didn't even think about when I heard their name for the, but I don't pay attention to country. I don't pay attention to groups like that. I have no idea who they are. Right. But still, does it, does it represent anything else? Does it what? Does it rep, does that word represent anything else? Why would that be the name of the group? I, I have no idea. We'd have to ask them. As far as I know, the oh. word doesn't represent anything else. Let me look. So the, the basic definition you're going to find in the Google Dictionary is occurring or existing before a particular war, especially the American Civil War. So the conventions of the antebellum South. Uh, uh, the antebellum South, also known as the antebellum era or plantation era, was a period in the history of the southern United States from the late 18th century until the start of the American Civil War. So their name... All things considered, let's just let's down to brass tacks. Their name was celebrating slavery. Is that is that it, or is like her their view of it is 
Lady Antebellum is like a southern lady. Like a woman from the south. Again, we'd have to ask them. But, but still, that, that seems like it's walking a thin line. Huh. Antebellum has nothing to do with a lady, though. That's the thing. It, it, it Antebellum refers to a period of time okay. in history. So Lady Antebellum, so Lady of the Era, referring to the plantation era when we had slaves. That's a terrible name for a group, man. I didn't even think about that. And I'm an asshole. I took three Civil War classes in my life. <laughs> One in high school and two in college. And I didn't even, but again, I don't pay attention to that, that kind of music or that, that group. So I don't even know. I, could, I, I, I couldn't tell you anything about them. But I remember hearing the name. I didn't even, it, did, it didn't even click in my, it didn't register in my brain. Now, I understand that just like any other genre of music, I guess that even considered rebranding, I guess, is what they're doing. But just changing it to Lady A, don't you think they should just change the band name altogether? It's not like people aren't going to know that just because you change yes, you change it down right. to A, people are still going to know. No, you're you're 100% right. Um, Lady A and Lady Antebellum are both terrible names for a band. Let me Weird. just point that out. Weird. So either way, it's terrible. Weird. I don't know, man. I don't know what this does. I, I don't understand. I, I, I don't know. I don't know who asked for this. I don't know who they well, think they're pleasing, well, but here, obviously they... Here's another one, too. Like, Uncle Ben's, their statement was, as we listen to the voices of consumers, especially in the black community, and to the voices of our associates worldwide, we recognize that now is the right time to evolve the Uncle Ben's brand, including its visual brand identity, which we will do. So but it's the same scenario. What? I don't, I don't know, but it's the same scenario. It's like, it, it, it sounds like... People aren't really calling for this, but we're we're trying to get ahead of the game and we're trying to make sure we don't catch shit anywhere down the line. So they're trying to tell me that they surveyed consumers in the black community and from their survey, they found that they're offended by Uncle Ben's rice. I guess. No, I didn't everyone see. Everyone has didn't an see. uncle. Everyone. <laughs> of all races, has an uncle that makes bomb-ass red beans and rice. I don't understand. What are we doing? I'm confused, man. I, I, I really... Look, man, at the end of the day, look, if 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 if, if an African-American came up to me today and said, I'm offended by Uncle Ben's, I'm not going to argue it. I'm not. I'm not going to argue with him. Cool. That's fine. Um, the good news is, is they're rebranding. I'm with you. I don't want you... You know, that's it. Just like I would, I would, I would hope that someone would respect the idea that I was offended by something. But I just question the motives here. Right. I really think that these brands are just trying to save face. I don't think anyone's complained. I don't think anyone thought about it this way. And in in in, in turn, I think I'm thinking that they're creating more division and more trouble than it's worth. That's just me. And the um, yeah, because they're. It's like they're putting this out there into the media that we're going to exactly. change. We are going to change things when you haven't really been asked to change things. So you're just creating a story that wasn't there originally just to just to put it out there, just to be talked about. And if nothing else, yeah. maybe they think that's that's going to help their brand, not just the rebranding, but just to be in 
like th- like they're using controversy to further their brand and to get more people to buy their brand because they are trying to look like they are out there here for the black community. Yeah, but you should have been in the first place. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Rebranding doesn't say rebranding doesn't say that you're any more behind the black or brown communities than you were before. It just means that you're fucking scared of the backlash and you're just cha- you're you're ultimately you're saving your investment. Right. And you're not trying to financially be dented by what could come of someone being offended by your brand. It's dude is bullshit to me. It's it's just virtue signal signaling, just like that stupid video of the actors talking about uh you know what I'm talking about? The it can't it was it went viral a couple of days ago. It was the group of actors, it was in black and white, and they were like, I won't have another unchecked moment. And like Julianne Moore was on it saying, dude, it was everywhere. I can't believe you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh-uh. But again, it's like the imagine thing, right? Yeah. yeah. I want to ask you guys to do this, and it doesn't mean anything. You're actors. You're drawing attention to yourselves. They're going to sell more fucking syrup, dog. Right. That's it. Yeah. But but also, to go back to what you were saying a while ago, I don't want anybody to be offended by anything. And if you have a legit right, or right. If, if you are offended by something, I, I will definitely listen to why you are offended by it. But I'm going to have my own thoughts as to is this something you are just choosing to be offended by, or do you have a real reason to be offended by this? And with the backstory that goes with this stuff, maybe people do have a, an actual reason, legit reason well, to be. I'm just saying that when I see these brands, whether that's a black person on that box or a white person on that box, I'm not thinking anything differently besides those pancakes are going to taste freaking good. I don't think most people, I don't think most consumers, regardless of their race, are thinking about that. Um, now, there there are ways that that syrup bottle could be more offensive. 100%. But I don't see Uncle Ben and go, God damn, fuck were they thinking? Right. Can't buy that, ri- that rice. It's racist. Like, I, I don't know, man. I, I it's so, it's so strange. We, we are in. The Twilight Zone right now. 2020 officially has become a Twilight Zone. It, it it truly has. We're canceling breakfast and we're canceling rice. We're not canceling it. We're just rebranding it. No, we're canceling. They're canceling it. They're going to rebrand. And that's the thing. What's offensive to me, and I'm not speaking for anyone else, just me personally. You rebrand and you get rid of the entire idea that this was for everyone, Right. So if Aunt Jemima just rebrands to the name, like you said, Aunt Jemima, and I guarantee you they're going to change the name too, which to me again is, but what's, but that's the thing. So like you, you've rebranded. Now you're saying this, this, sir, our syrup is for everyone because we were too scared about the questions you might've asked last year. Right. Mm -hmm. Answer the questions, you know, everyone's so afraid to defend what well look not defend what they stand for but defend what they're thinking now you know yeah we you know who andrew schultz is i know the name i know that name for sure comedian he yeah i mean comedian you would know him if you saw him so like he put he's been putting out these videos during the quarantine and they've been socially 
socially relevant videos. The last one he did, he did right after NASCAR banned the Confederate flag. Okay. And in it, he talks about how, you know, one of the problems he goes, look, I understand why we're, and he's not by any, in any way defending the Confederate flag or statues of Confederate generals or anything like that. But what he's saying is, is the problem is, is up to this point, we never said as a society and as a country that we have now learned from past mistakes. We've just always taught that that's a part of history, and we never talked about the mistakes. We just said, because it's a part of history, that's why it's important. But he goes, what's really important is, is that we're learning from these mistakes, and we're evolving as a people and as a society. That is where the emphasis should be, right. and it should be less about how once upon a time these were accepted statements, now they're not. Let's rip them down. Let's, let's, let's ban them. Okay, let's ban them, but let's explain why. Because we as a people have found out that we were fucked up. We were fucked up and we made fucking mistakes. Right. Now we're going to correct them. You know, he goes, no one's talking about it. He, he said it more eloquently than I just did. But he goes, but he goes, no one's saying those things. No one's talking about that's why we're canceling the Confederate flag. No one's talking about that's why we're ripping down Columbus the statue of Columbus in Tower Grove Park just got taken down. Do you see the videos of the two white guys in swimming trunks? It's just, you're all going to regret it in hell <laughs> when you're worrying about where the natives were when we got here. Like, none of it made sense. It was just gibberish. <laughs> they were just screaming. You know, when the natives were here, it was all your fault. And all these, like, 20-somethings are like, bro, we weren't here. What are you even talking about? <laughs> like, you have no idea what you're screaming about. But, no, the Columbus statue in Tower Grove Park got to, uh, taken down. I don't have a problem with it, but let's explain what we've learned from that, those mistakes and from the mistakes we, and I'm saying we just, we as a country have made teaching that part of history. You know, there are giant chunks of history left out. When I was a kid, you know, I didn't learn this until I went to fucking college and I went to a liberal, liberal arts school where I finally finished at a liberal arts school and the, the, the methods of teaching and the class, the type of classes I took and everything was different. But there were giant chunks of history that I was not taught as a kid and didn't know about during that time period until I got to college. Right. Until I had people with, um, I don't know, different points of view and different things that they thought were important. You know, they knew that that part of history was left out. So let's talk about it. Let's have an open discussion about it. So like, that's what he was saying. That's what he's been saying in these videos. And that was, that's what he was saying in the most recent one. Like, Hey, it's cool. Let's ban the Confederate flag, but let's talk about why we're doing it. Not that, not just that it's offensive or it's racist. It represents a time in history, but let's talk about what we've learned since then. Right. Right. And then he kind of ties it all in. And at the end, he was kind of like, well, I'm, I'm not doing the video justice. And I, I certainly don't want to misquote him because he's, he's actually a, He's an insightful dude, but he's incredibly funny. But right now, during this time, he's chosen to do – they're funny. Some, like he did a video on Joe Biden, hands down one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time. So you should go check him out for sure. Just YouTube Andrew Schultz. You'll see a bunch – they're like six minutes long at the most. They're quick, like insightful. He's quick-witted in them. But everyone, whoever's listening to this, go check, go check this dude out because 
he has an interesting point of view and he has an unusual point of view, which I think makes, and those are the types of things we need to be hearing from the people we listen to on podcasts, the comedians we watch, the musical artists we listen to, right? People that are going to step outside of right versus left, they're going to go right to the middle and they're going to go, let me talk about both sides. And let me tell you what I think about both sides and how I can relate to both of them. Right. Yeah. No one in the, in the, in the, in the mainstream news media on the left is talking about how they relate to the right. And no one who's on the right is talking about how they relate to the left. It just doesn't happen. They right. don't break from their talking points ever. So that's one of the, that's what I like about Dave Chappelle. You know, Dave Chappelle's going to try to move to the middle, look at both sides and talk about how he relates to both sides. Um, that's what I liked about, well, Carlin might be a bad example. I think Carlin kind of stuck to his guns, but, the, but that's why I like a lot of those, those guys. So Andrew Schultz is a newer guy, younger guy, he's my age who is doing that. And it's incredibly important right now to not only make jokes about these things, but to also have an unusual point of view rather than one that would be expected, I guess is the way, the best way to, I don't know where, I don't know how I got there, but anyway. Well, like the most, the most important thing you're saying is like, okay, yeah. You take a statue down. People ask, "Why are you taking that statue down?" That was a bad point in history. We don't want to. We don't want to represent that. And that's where the conversation ends. That's not yeah. how this should be. This should be explaining why we're taking this down because this is what happened, and people Let's, need to be. The, yeah, and whether that's starting in elementary school. I mean, you know, there's some stuff that elementary kids probably don't need to know about or even care about. But once you get up into high school and things like that, I mean, you know, this stuff needs to be talked about. But they really should, man. I, I mean, to be honest, like we they, we should be reevaluating how we teach kids, especially these things. Most recently um, or recently I heard. God, what's his name? Um, Cornell West. He was on Joe Rogan's podcast and he was talking about how. Um, black history and African history needs to sort of, in schools, it's not being taught the way it should to younger African-American kids. And now, I can't speak to that. I'm not, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not African-American. I can't speak to that. But I understand what he's saying in this sense. Dude, the idea that I had about Europeans and about my own ancestors, which are Irish, the ideas I had about Irish people coming to America— were they were taught completely differently than what I learned once I became older and could actually form my own opinions. When you're younger, you're impressionable, and people can say whatever you want, whatever they want to you, and you don't have an opinion, or at least when I went to school, you weren't allowed to have an opinion because I went to Catholic school. Well, that so the opinion— Shut up. Here, here's the lesson. And, yeah, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, back then you didn't really have an opinion. You were taught from a teacher— this is how things went, and that's that teacher's point of view. So your opinion now is what that teacher told you is the right the right thing. Right. Yeah. Well, I had opinions back then, but I would get in trouble if I ever. <laughs> so oftentimes I just shut my mouth, and that's why people think I'm so quiet and such an antisocial dweeb, which I am. But, um, but no, I mean, I, that was not taught to me when I was a kid. You know, what I learned was Columbus sailed the ocean blue. And then all the great things that followed that. I didn't learn about um, Irish and Italians coming to this country and being forced into manual labor when they got here, right off the boat, you know. And these are all things that I should have known. 
uh, based on my family history or should have been taught. Now, obviously, no school is going to cater to every kid's individual history. I know that's impossible, but you know, none of, none of, but again, none of those things were were taught to me, and I had to learn them at a later age. When I started asking questions, finally, I was like, this doesn't, you know. And again, I once I got done with high school, I was like, all right, I need to I need to learn something else besides other than religion and um, you know. I, but that he that guy was on Rogan's podcast talking about that, and again, I can't speak to that because um, while I have taken a few. Again, in in college, I a few Black history classes. He's right, though. He's right when he says that because I can only just you know speaking anecdotally from the way I was taught about where I came from. Nothing, nothing like what I was taught when I was an adult. So, yeah, I I, I don't know. We we started with Aunt Jemima and Mrs. Buttersworth, and here's I don't even know how we got here at this point. <laughs> That you said like but, four times already. <laughs> I have no idea. I just can't believe we're canceling breakfast. Uh, look, I mean, look, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be funny. Like, what are we doing? What are we? I just, I don't know. You know what's funny? And it felt like when Corona started, that cancel culture kind of ended because everyone was so scared of catching the coronavirus, we stopped canceling people, you know? Yeah, but it was we, only a couple of months. And Dude, that, was two, that was two months where yeah, but I, don't, I didn't I don't, have to I, hear about the next thing that was being canceled. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that we really stopped canceling. We just had something else to worry about for a, exactly. couple, for a couple of months. You're absolutely right, but it felt like we stopped. The only person we were canceling during that time was Trump. That's true. That's it. So everyone focused on him. Everyone fo- focused on the virus. Dude, it's bizarre. I can't. Uh... Well, let me ask this. How offended would you be? And I'm totally going to transition to something else, but I'm going to use that to ask the question. How offended would you be if the NBA season did not restart and the players started their own league i seen some an article or a headline at least about this so kyrie irving suggested that they do that but he's caught a bunch of shit because he's never really been the outspoken socially active player he's always kind of been super selfish and you know just you know he hasn't been a lebron for instance so he came out and said that and there were a lot of players who agreed with him, but they had much better reasons. So like Lou Williams, do you know who that is? Mm-mm. Another NBA player. So Lou Williams is notoriously known for doing a shit ton for the community. Okay. Um, there's a story. I don't know how true this is, but there was a story that when he was in Chicago, a guy tried to carjack him. And when he got up to the window, realized it was Lou Williams and thought about all he had done for his community, and goes, no, nah, bro, we're good. And then Lou Williams took him to McDonald's because the dude was just poor and hungry and wanted something to eat. Huh. Now, I don't know if that's a fable or a myth or whatever you want to call <laughs> it, but that's that's the story. So Lou Williams is an amazing dude. But So his quote was sort of like, he right after Kyrie said this, he this is his quote. He said, we are fighting for a radical change. 
Sports has been a healing factor. There we agree. In this climate, though, it's a distraction. I mean, look at your position. You're dying to get back in the house and drink a beer and watch us hoop, opposed to being outside fighting your equality. That's just one aspect to look at. So he basically is saying that if the players went back and played, it would be a distraction from the bigger picture of what's going on, what people are fighting for now with, um, you know, a reform in criminal justice and police brutality and all that good stuff. So I don't know. I don't know if I agree with him. But I like the fact that he said it the way that he said, it. you know, I mean, I, I, I selfishly want to see those guys play. Yeah. Right. I, I don't but think it, I don't think it has to be a has to be what um how did he I'm trying to think of how he you just worded what he said said it's a distraction okay it doesn't have to be a distraction just because they start back up doesn't mean that those things still aren't important and that it's we can't still be moving towards progress you're right but we are easily distracted that's true. If there's an NBA Finals and LeBron is playing in that motherfucker, people are going to be distracted. Yeah. And LeBron actually said he wants to play. You know, LeBron's at the forefront of, you know, uh, working for the community and doing things to better his community. But he flat out said, he goes, no, nah, I want to I play. Now, there are theories behind this from many people as to why he wants this. Number one, he's getting older. He's worried about his own legacy. Right. Wants to win a title. He has a damn good shot at winning a title if they actually do go back and play this year. And the guy's had all this time off. You know he stayed in shape. He's still going to be LeBron. So he's had all that time off, so he's going to be re-energized. So I think that's the way he's looking at it. But also, I don't think he's looking at it from an angle where I think he believes that if if they go back and play, it's a good distraction, but also it's a way for them to use their platform to then add to the 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 motivation behind what people are even protesting for in the first place i did hear an interesting theory though that someone said actually it was andrew schultz he said they should just cancel the season and the players should demand change from the owners meaning we'll come back and play if you all get together and try to make this happen because the people who are going to lose out the most from this are going to be the owners you know the nba is expected to lose a billion dollars if they don't get go back to business this season. Right. So if you go back to the owners and say, look, we'll play, but we want to see, we want you to financially and um, influentially go try to meet these demands and make change. Then we'll come back and play. But that's brilliant. In the NBA itself, what kind of change are you talking about? I don't know. It could be anything. Okay. A fight against police brutality and a reallocation of police funds. We're not going to defund the police. I think people have been confusing that by the way, even in Minneapolis where it's been happening, they're not, they're not getting rid of the police. Right. They're re they're reallocating the way that they um, distribute the money, which I think is a key key point that I think people are missing, but we don't need to get into that. Neither you or I are scholars on that, but I mean, that's really the, what they're trying to do. Right. Which is a good thing. I mean, there should be more money in the training. There should be more money allocated into actually making these guys be the best at their job, which I don't think, I think we all have seen that right now it might not necessarily be the case. We don't know, but 
Well, I said it. God, we totally went down this road, and I thought we were going to have a fun show. We're not. <laughs> well, I look the the so the cop that killed the guy in Atlanta mm-hmm. has been charged with murder, first degree murder. Let me look it up. Let me not say the wrong thing here. But here was the thing that I said when I saw that video. After I saw the full context of videos, not just the initial video, which was the narrative that everyone was sort of spitting at the time, was that, oh, he was completely pleasant and peaceful and he wasn't doing anything. And I was like, okay, in that video, yes, but there has to be something else to the story. What are we missing? Breathalyzer, you're drunk, we're going to take you to jail. Fights off the cops, runs away with the taser, gets shot by the other guy. Shouldn't have been shot. Again, the guy was murdered. Shouldn't have been shot. Um, that's not in their training. They don't teach people. They don't teach police officers to shoot people in the back as they're running away. Right. Guy did have a taser. It's not considered a lethal weapon. So what are we doing? Charged with felony, felony murder. Okay. So that guy was charged. The guy that shot him was charged. But here, here was the question that I asked. So let me, why? And I know of situations where this is, I've heard about this from, uh, people I know that know people that are cops or just from in general. So why couldn't those cops have approached that guy, realized that, look, he got behind the wheel and he shouldn't have. He fell asleep in his car. Thank God that we found him when he was parked in a parking spot at a Wendy's. So he didn't hurt anyone else. Let's not let him hurt himself and let's not hurt him. Let's just fucking take the guy home and be like, hey, man. Please don't drink and drive again. Please come back and get your car when you're sober enough to do so, right? Why couldn't they have said that? Why can't that happen? You know, okay, the, objective, the objective for them sh- should be, let's keep this guy safe and everyone else around him safe. Instead, they got into an altercation with this guy and couldn't handle it. And now we're firing gunshots in a crowded Wendy's parking lot where there were kids, innocent civilians. What are we, you know, like, Right. Did did the police start the altercation or? He agreed to a preliminary breath test. He failed it. They said, we're going to have to place you under arrest. And then he started fighting with them. Didn't want to get handcuffed. Okay. Everything up to that point was peaceful. The guy, it was. Okay. So my question is why, what you're saying the police should have done and this whole thing been peaceful, like, okay, let's take you home instead. They probably weren't expecting that even through what they did, that he was going to put up a fight and all this was going to happen. Unless they were being very demanding in how they were doing everything. But if it was literally a situation of, okay, he did the preliminary test, he failed it, okay, we need to place you under arrest, now this guy freaks out. I'm not saying what should they have done, I'm saying why couldn't they have done it that way. Okay. You know, but that's the thing. He agreed to your preliminary test. He failed. Is this guy really the scum of the earth because he had a few too many margaritas with his wife at dinner right. and decided to get behind the wheel? Like both of those those cops, I'm sure, have done with their bosses, probably. Right. Is he really the scum? Is he really a criminal? You know? So my question is, why can't more cops just go, hey, man, what we'd like you to do is get in the back of the car. We're not taking you to jail. We're going to take you home. Tell us where you live. We're going to get you there safely. Please, please do not come back for your car and endanger the lives of anyone else until you're sober. 
Yeah, but that's is that but, too much to ask? That's a slippery slope. That's, that's a slippery slope, though, because what are you going to do? Take him home and then leave a cop there and make sure that he doesn't leave until he's sober? Nope. Nope. Because then we're talking about something completely different. We yeah, let but, you but, off but the if, warning. Yeah, but if you take him home and then he gets out, like you know, gets out and kills somebody on his way to get his car or whatever, then it's on the cops that they didn't arrest, arrest him originally. You know what I mean? So, so in this case, we're saying the best thing to do is take the guy to jail, which I understand. It's a law. You know, I'm not, I'm not ignorant to what the law is. You yeah. can't get behind the wheel drunk. You just can't. Right. There's a legal limit for a reason. But what I'm saying is in this current climate that we see ourselves in, George Floyd was two weeks ago or whatever, three weeks ago. It wasn't even that long. Two weeks ago, right? Can't they? I'm just I'm just thinking out loud. I'm I just know, saying, I, I hear what you're they, saying. Can't they think about what the fuck is going on? And also about the idea that there were a couple of dudes who were bigger than that guy and could not fucking contain him. Period. This goes back to the fucking training. And believe me, said it a million times on the show. I'm no badass, right? But if I wanted to be a police officer, I would be expected to be held at the highest standard of training and being able to, um, uh, you know, contain someone that I thought was a criminal and needed to take to jail. So with all of that in mind, why couldn't they have just gone, you know, let's 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 do this guy a solid. Let's keep him safe. Everyone else currently is safe. Right now. Do I think they're going in the back of their minds? Well, this could this could escalate into a bad situation and someone here in this drive through could get shot by me because I'm the one firing. You know, no. Are they necessarily thinking about that? No. But so, I just go back to the question, what would have happened? Yeah, maybe he would have got, maybe someone drops him off back at his car, or maybe he walks back to his car, he gets behind the wheel. Okay, in that case, I'm saying arrest him. He has broken a law. He is a criminal. You know, he was given that chance. Yes, I know it's on the cops, but why can't we rethink, given this current climate, again, I want to restate that, how we're, how we're treating these things and how we're, you know, especially if you have a guy who was, com who was compliant to start. Yeah. Take that into account too. He was compliant. He agreed to the test. He failed. You know, he said he had a few drinks. He didn't think he was drunk. Let's, you know, or, hey man, let me get a hold of your wife. Let me have your wife come pick you up, right? Anything else. Let me get a hold of a sober person to come pick you up. We're going to wait here until that happens. How appreciative would everyone Forget about the color of their skin. How appreciative would everyone within that community be that these cops took the time to make sure that this guy was safe and everyone else was safe instead of just treating him like a criminal? So do we know again, what, do we know what this guy's record was like? Why does that matter? Because you're saying give him a break. It, essentially in this situation. From this one situation. But how, yeah, but how do we not I mean if we don't know his I mean, if it, if in his past, he's had a DUI before. How many now, breaks has he been given? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And maybe maybe he's got a clean record up to this. I don't know. I'm just saying that that might be something that we don't know that the cops knew, and they were still well, in, they... and they were still doing this peacefully in the beginning until he started freaking out. 
well, isn't it protocol for them to come up, run his plates, find out if he has any warrants, all that good stuff? Right, but that's my, that's my point. I'm, so they probably I'm know under the assumption that that happened. Okay, so they so what I'm saying is they may he may have a record behind him to where this kind of situation has happened before. So in that instance, do you give him another break just because of what's going on in culture right now? Right. I don't know. I don't know the answer to any of this. I'm just talking out loud. We're just asking questions. It was an idea. It was an idea that I had. But look, at the end of the day, the the officer's job is to keep everyone in his community safe. Yes. How they do that, they know better about the policies and procedures around that than I do. But as a member of the community, I, I just... I, I don't know, man. There has to be. We. I don't know. There just has to be a different way to, to. There has to be a better way to avoid these situations. You know, I saw a lot of back and forth about. You know, he was he was resisting, so automatically he's guilty. Yeah, but how could we have avoided him arresting uh, resisting in the first place? You know what I mean? I mean, do you? do you require breathalyzer and not do the preliminary test? Like, do they, uh, should they have automatically, you know, once he admitted, Hey, I had had a couple of drinks. I don't think I'm drunk. Do they automatically say, okay, here's a breathalyzer. And then you have the instance of, okay, if they decide, no, I'm not going to do that breathalyzer, you automatically lose your license for a year, regardless, because you chose not to blow into the breathalyzer or you blow. And then, you are over the limit, and now we have the same scenario. Except for the fact that the guy is in his car in this situation instead of outside. But then getting him outside of the car to put handcuffs on him could be the same scenario. You know what I mean? It's, well, they it, asked it's very him to get out of the car. Yeah, yeah. They asked him to get out of the car because he was sleeping in the car. So, like, already you've invited him out to have a conversation. If you went through all this fucking trouble to have this conversation— and he was compliant yeah. to your questions and he was answering your questions. Why then are we automatically resorting to, all right, let's take you to jail? It just there are things about this particular, and again, this is this is one situation, but there are things about this situation that to me, there had to have been a different way to handle it. Yeah. Because he was asleep in the car, because we pulled you out and we decided to have this long-winded conversation and you answered all of our questions, you weren't aggressive. You were compliant. Again, what do, what sort of precedent is being set by saying, all right, even though you were compliant, even though you've agreed to everything we've said, you weren't driving, you know, you're parked. We're still going to, I don't know, man. It, I, w- it, I wonder, and I'm not, I'm not a cop, but I wonder, because isn't the old tale that if you, you can be sleeping in your car if you're drunk as long as the keys aren't in the ignition but if the keys yeah. are in the ignition it's autom- it's automatic DUI if you're caught no I've heard that you know what I'm saying like say it, say the same scenario happened but this guy keys no and not in the ignition maybe in his pocket and he's sleeping in the passenger side this probably would have, would have been a different scenario no it absolutely is yes but 
do you really think they're cutting him any slack because the keys are on the floor and he's in the passenger side seat, given who he is, where he's at? You know what I'm saying? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of factors that we don't know. That's the, that's the main thing. And I know, I, I know we're trying to see this from every different angle. And I would like to, I would like to have answers that we might not ever have, but (laughs) I don't think we're not necessarily going to have answers or not, you know, not going to have answers. But again, I just question the idea that those cops thought that they were doing the safest thing possible, which was getting him out of the car and forcing him into this awkward conversation that he handled well, and then just arresting him anyway. You know, yeah. My my biggest thing is shooting him in the back as he's running. That is, yeah. We haven't even talked about the worst part. I, yeah, that is. Know, I'm I'm so focused on this. The cops being nice and protecting them. Forget about. Yeah, I mean, like my my thing with that is I as again I'm not a cop. I don't know for sure, but I would think that your goal is to make them stop, not not kill them or not shoot them in the back. Like even if you shot near them, which I mean, I guess there are probably other people around, so you can't really do that either. But even if shooting them in the leg or something like that to, to drop them versus shooting them in the back, you know, or like you said, the taser, why not a taser? He was 15 feet away. What type of slow unathletic pussies are we talking about here? <laughs> I'm being serious, man. Like, dude, I know I I make jokes, but like I'm being 100% serious when I say that. How many times have you seen a fat, out of shape old cop and been like, what the fuck is that guy going to do if I do something wrong? What what is he going to do? He's going to shoot me. That's his only chance. Okay, so we've talked in the past, maybe a couple episodes ago, where, you know, the idea of police having to go through military training at least on certain things to, you know, not pull the trigger when they don't need to pull the trigger, those kinds of things. I've always wondered why cops don't have to do like PT tests like they do in the military. I'm glad you said that. So I heard something today. They have to do physical examination. So pass a physical test or go through a physical test. I believe what I heard was once a year. Okay. That's it. They should be going through physical examinations all the time. You should have to meet a certain level of fitness, just fitness alone, in order to keep a badge. Absolutely. Right? And then you have to be able to be psychologically and mentally prepared for those strenuous situations. Right. So that when you get in them, your heart rate doesn't elevate so much and your adrenaline isn't jacked so much that you make a terrible mistake. Right. Because your first instinct is to not panic, but it's to contain the heart rate because you physically met the expectations and psychologically met the expectations that you can control the situation and reel it back in. You know, a Marine said this today. I don't remember what I was listening to, but like, why are they not being required to be physically fit? You know, makes zero sense to me. Yeah, I I mean... You see, not even not physically fit, but like older. I mean, I've seen cops that are 60 plus years old that are 100% not physically fit at all. And you know that if anything goes down, even if it's a routine pulling somebody over for speeding and they get out and take off running, this is 
they are not winning this unless they shoot. Yeah. That shouldn't that should not be a scenario. No, that well that that specific situation, that guy starts running. I know he has the taser. I understand that. But with that said, there was one, two, three dead gunshots. You couldn't have picked up any ground on this fucking guy. Right. That's what I'm saying. I know he has the taser. I understand that. But when he fires it once, isn't it dead? Right? I guess. Isn't that how a taser works? Or am I wrong about this? I thought if you released it once, it's dead. You have to fucking... I'm looking that up. Why did we choose to do such a bummer show today? We were supposed to be lighthearted. We had plenty of fun stuff to talk about. Here I, we are. I'm again. not going to lie. I didn't expect for this to be fun. When I mentioned Aunt Jemima and you, you just went speechless on me. I was like, all right, this is going to be fun. <laughs> when you pull the trigger, two wires with probes on the ends are released and become embedded. Each trigger pull represents in a five second burst. So yeah, once, once the, once it's released, it's released. That's it. Right. So if this guy's running at you and he releases that taser and he misses, which he would have, he doesn't use the taser. Chase him down. You know what I mean? Right. What? I don't, I don't. And I, and this is why the guy's being, he's being charged with murder. I get it. Just shot the guy in the fucking back. But like, but this is, this is, how is this not being a lesson that's taught nationwide? That's like, look, these guys need to be in better shape. They need more training. There just needs to be a better education. I don't know. I, I You know, cops are going to hear this and get pissed off at me, which I don't give a fuck. Well, this but. is another one of those scenarios, though. It's not, we're not dismissing every single cop and saying that because Absolutely cops, not. because cops are not forced to go through this training that we are saying they probably should. That doesn't mean that they're not a great cop, and it doesn't mean that there aren't cops out there who do this on their own. I mean, right. that there there definitely are, and I'm not like I said, I'm not trying to dismiss anybody. I'm just throwing out ideas as far as yeah. what I think could help us benefit in the long run. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, you're right. I, yeah, there are cops who stay in shape on their own, but goddamn, shouldn't it be a requirement of the job? You would think. You know, my dad, my dad would, like I said, I mentioned before, was a firefighter. And they didn't have to meet any sort of physical requirements. They did in the beginning, right? That's it. Now, look, it's a tough job. Um, it's a physically demanding job when you're actually doing the job. Probably should meet some sort of physical requirements to do it. Now you you have to go through, but again, you do this in the beginning. I don't know how often. And I you know I don't I don't bond with my dad on his line of work, and you know he was in fucking Vietnam. He's never talked to me about it once. I don't know anything about it. Um, it's just part of the relationship, and I, I you know could I change that possibly? Maybe now that I'm having a son, he'll open up about that, but I've never forced him to. I know he doesn't like to talk about shit like that. Right. It's just, you know, the way that my dad comes from the old school, it was just a part of life. Everything that he experienced, everything that he did, you know, fucking hand-me-down shoes that were too small for him and his fucking 
toes would bleed and all that shit. Part of growing up. That right. was life during those times. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't talk to him about it because that's just gonna be that's gonna be his response. It's the way we grew up. And he's gonna call me a pussy and make me feel get bad about myself. You know? <laughs> Kidding. He's never called me a pussy. That's my face. But so like thinking about that, they probably should have been able to should have been asked to meet physical requirements through the years. You know, my dad did it for many years. As he got older, put on more weight, but eventually he kind of became you know, he was an inspector, like an arson inspector, and then became a battalion chief, did all those things. But I'm thinking about it. I like thinking back, like I would visit him at the firehouse when I was a kid. There was a lot of overweight dudes. And, you know, some dudes were in shape and they had a weight bench. Cool. They could all slide down the pole. Awesome. But like, what what sort of physical requirements That's were weird. they being asked to meet? Especially you know? with firefighters, when considering everything that they have to do when it comes to stairs and or, you know, anything like that with all the equipment on, too. And they don't, and they don't have to meet, they don't have to meet physical requirements as part of training or anything. That's nuts. Well, that's a part of the training that you go through. You run up the stairs with the hose on your shoulder. Like that's not just for the movies. They actually do that. Right. You know, a lot of these fire stations now have training courses where you rappel off the building and climb up the building and the fucking younger guys are doing that. The older guy, very few of the older guys are doing that anymore. Right. They had to at one point in time. But also, again, my dad came from the old school where it was like you just you were fucking tough regardless of your body type, and you just did this shit. And you didn't complain about it; you just did it. You know, is that grown man strength? You know what I mean? Like it was just, I don't know. And thinking about it too, I'm sure when my dad was in the fire fire department, three quarters of them probably smoked cigarettes. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, and then probably in their off time, all they did was booze. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it was just a different is I don't I don't know, man. It, it's just different. So like, but to today, like, and I know firefighters today, they have to have fucking degrees. They have to meet the requirements physically. They gotta go through all this shit. Why are we not doing that with cops? You know? I, I just I don't know, man. It's 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 very bizarre. And I'm gonna say again, I don't know how we got here. We started with syrup and <laughs> We ended on fire. I was talking about how do tasers work, and <laughs> I really wanted to keep it lighthearted today. I'm I'm upset. You got me fired up. No, you know that's a good episode, man. When you just lose yourself in conversation. But I feel like that's an, a legitimate and honest question to be asking. Is like, why can't some of these situations the cops just go? You know what? Let's fucking let this guy go home. Let's keep him safe. You know. Um. And I hate to say this, but I think in that situation, the reason that didn't happen is because the fucking dude's – the color of the dude's skin and the color of the cop's skin. I know of situations. I've lived in many different uh, – look, I'm, I'm not an old, an old fart by any means, but I've lived in many different neighborhoods throughout the city of St. Louis, right? I've seen it all as far as drunks go, and I've been in, I've been in communities where you go to the tavern – you have a few too many. The cops know who you are. Right. And they tail behind you to make sure you don't even dare get in the fucking car. And they nose you until you walk to your house. Whether it be half a mile, one mile, two miles, they do it. I've seen it. I've seen it. You know? I've been walking with a person who did that, actually. Um, that exists in, in our society. But it should not be... 
exclusive to one race. It should be exclusive. It should be everyone. Let's extend a courtesy and get this person home safely. You know, I don't think it happened in that case. And, and look, that was in Atlanta. Maybe it's never happened there. Maybe in that community, in that wherever they were. Maybe it's never happened for anyone. I don't know that. But you'd be ignorant to think that that's never happened before, period. Right? So. I I just, ha- and I don't know for, you may be completely right. I just, I have a hard time trying to say that this was a, it was because of the color of his skin, because I don't know the scenario and because of everything that's going on right now, it's very, very easy to make that look like it was because of the color of his skin. But goddamn, man, I mean, these cops, they know what's going on, right? They know they have a fucking, a terrible yeah. job right now. Yeah. Horrible job right now. I would hate to be a police officer in general, but right now. Well, that, but that, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why. But that's it, what I'm saying. They approached this guy. Yeah. With body cams, with everything that they're required to have. And they try to arrest this guy. And this guy breaks free and gets away. And this cop still goes, you know what? I'm so panicked. My heart rate is so jacked. I am so jittery. My brain doesn't work anymore. What's the one thing I know that I have that will end this entire situation? Here it is. Bam. Okay. So exactly what you just said. Why does that scenario different if it's a white guy? If that dude, come on. If that's a white guy, it doesn't go down the same way. It just doesn't. But In the same scenario that you just said, he says, I'm going to put handcuffs on you. He freaks out. He takes off running. Cops still freaking out. Cops mind still says, what's the one thing that can stop this situation? And he shoots. Can that not be the same thing? Not saying it's not. I'm just saying, can that not be the same situation? No, no, it absolutely has happened. There have been white men who have been shot there. I I, do. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is (laughs) the the timing of this is just so bizarre right, that, that these cops let it escalate to this situation yes. to the point where one of them had to falsely pull the trigger and shoot a guy in the back. Now, that is something that I would think, especially with everything going on right now, that police forces, you know, ca- police captains and stuff are pushing that situation. Like, do not. Like, any anything that you can possibly do right now to make sure that we are not, there's not violence towards blacks. You know what I mean? Like right now is the time to stay away from it as much as possible. Now there's going to be time. There's going to be times where they don't have a choice. This scenario, they had a choice, chose the wrong choice. Bad ending. Yeah, maybe, maybe some are saying that. I don't think a vast majority of them are saying that. And that's the issue that I have. Okay. You, see that, you see the video. It smells so much like peppermint. My, my nose is tingling from the peppermint oil. Did you forget? Who, no, I are, know, but did, you okay. Did no, you forget what we talked about? It's only, I thought you were joking minutes. though. No. Why would I say that as a joke? Now it has nothing to do with what we're talking because about. Because I said coconut oil and then you said peppermint like oil. Vapor rub. <laughs> I said coconut oil, then you said then you said peppermint oil, and I was I thought it was a joke, and I just let it go. So let's tell the listeners, and then we'll get back to depressing. I never understand conversations with you. This is terrible. Colt, (laughs) 
Colt has been giving me shit about my my noisy squeaky chair for twenty one for twenty one episodes now. For twenty one episodes, and for twenty episodes, I thought it was funny, and then I listened back to five minutes of episode twenty, and I go, Jesus Christ, that chair is annoying. <laughs> so today, when I had five minutes, I don't have WD forty in the house. I found some peppermint oil, which, by the way, is great. Um, a lot of good home remedies you can achieve with peppermint oil. I put it in my chair and I'll be damned. It worked like a charm. You, you haven't you, heard this did chair you, squeak once. Did you Google that or did you just choose No, I just it? did it. <laughs> this... just did it. But peppermint oil, if you don't know, is extremely strong. And I, it feels like, I, I mean, I just rub Vicks Vapor Rub all over the walls, on the floor, up underneath my nose. Like that's how strong it is. But either way, man, no squeak. You should be happy. I am very impressed. I'm hoping right, so it, back, I'm hoping back, it stays that way. Let's forget about the fun. Back to depressing. <laughs> so like, I don't even remember what we were talking about. What were we talking about? We were still on the whole situation with the guy and you were going to say black something. on white or white on black. I mean, um, I don't know. What was I going to say? Oh, no, no. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you were talking about, yeah, There, if there was a time where a police chief would be like, hey, man, let's let's yeah. simmer down on the violence towards African-Americans in the community. Did you see the video of the fucking police chief or captain or whatever he was in New York? He had all these dudes standing behind him, and he was talking about, you know, the, the media is misrepresenting police and all this shit. Uh-uh. You don't know what I'm talking about? No. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it any justice, so never mind. But he it, people he he caught a bunch of shit. People are kind of like, this is not the time for this for you to like. He basically like claimed victimhood in it. You know that police are the victims in this, and you know, do I think the media can tend to misrepresent police? Absolutely. But look, dude, the bottom line is this, man. There were four cops that killed a guy. People are upset. You need to realize that. Right. I know you want to defend yourself. And I would probably, my brain would lean towards defending my job and my position within the community, but find a better way, Right. you know, don't go in front of the media with a mic in your face with an army standing behind you and being like, we are the people that really matter. Like, that's basically what you were saying. Like, they're not, dude, the people matter, you know, but what you were a part of it. But what about the cop that was mistreated at McDonald's? Dude. Dude, she... She was having issues getting her Egg McMuffin. You know how brutal that is? She didn't get her Egg McMuffin, and that poor white bitch. Let me just tell you. Yeah, I said it. (laughs) Yeah, I said it. Um, Here's the thing. The human resources department that hired her needs to be under investigation as we speak. Internal affairs need to go in there. The FBI are you saying Somewhat. are you saying that her sanity is not in check? No one. I don't know what city she's from, but no one's sanity is in check. She does not deserve to be wearing a badge and protecting the community from anything. I don't care if there's a cat in the tree. She should not be the one. Should not be the one. I'm sorry. My thought is, even if what she's saying is justified and she's saying that they specifically targeted her because she is a police officer. If that's over it, if that's the case, go to another place to get 
an egg exactly. muffin. And don't Fuck put it on Twitter. You got nothing but time, bitch. But you know what else? It's not just her fault that this is as big of a story as it is because everybody viewed it. There's millions of views on this. Because it was absolute. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. My buddy <laughs> that tweeted cool. it, I go, dude, I go, dude, we're being, this is not real. We're being pumped. This is not, it's not a real cop. She's an actress. She's, there's no way that it's real. No way. Oh yeah, that poor girl. She didn't get her egg McMuffin. Fuck her. Why would you, how, how, like how little self-awareness do you have? And how little awareness of the position that you hold in society do you have that you would post a video like that? Did they poison you? Or does your tummy hurt? If not, then shut up and just go somewhere else or just go about your day. But as I said, what does it say for us as a society right now that that went viral because a girl, a, somebody was crying because they didn't get their egg muffin? And that, I mean, that like situation would only work right now. It says a lot. It says how little respect we have for an egg McMuffin. <laughs> that's that's about all I have to say about that. Did you see your boy Chris D'Elia is under some heat right now? I did. What do you make of that? Well, so explain you, explain the the scenario first. Uh, well, Chris D'Elia, a comedian comic we've mentioned on the podcast a couple of times he is coming under some heat because there are multiple claims being made by several women at this point i guess on social media that he um, tried to solicit naked pictures of them and they are underage which i guess is the best way to put it now um, is there pr- one, is there proof of this out there there are proof of emails of him asking, but there are no proof that they they were sent to him or that he engaged in the exchange. So um, the allegations began piling up this week after one alleged victim claimed that the Netflix series U actor once asked her for nude pictures, knowing that she was underage. She included snapshots of the emails allegedly from Delia. Other alleged victim, victims who accused Delia of grooming also... Delia, is that a new term that we're giving this when we ask people for nudies is it grooming is that what it's called i've never heard that that. is that in the urban dictionary uh delia grooming also shared snapshots of conversations they claimed with the comic in which he sexually harassed them delia responded to the claims on social media saying all of my relationships have been both legal and consensual and i have never met or exchanged any inappropriate photos with the people who have tweeted about me That being said, this is where it gets weird to me. That being said, I really am truly sorry. Now tell me how weird this gets. So I'm going to stop right there. So he said he didn't do anything, but he's saying he's sorry. Right? Follow me so far? You with me? Yeah, but that could be, it could just be he's trying to cover, just cover his ass. I was a dumb guy who absolutely let myself get caught up in my lifestyle. That's my fault. I own it. I've been reflecting on this for some time now, and I promise I will continue to do better. That, to me, sounds like he's had situations with girls that, like him getting caught up in his lifestyle, being as big of a name as he is, I could see situations happening where he did not know a girl was underage, or a girl could portray the fact that she was of age. 
and him get caught up in his lifestyle, as you as he says. As far as sending pictures and stuff like that, but is he is he Why just, is he, is he justified? That? No, that he's. But that's the thing. Why does he need to say that? If you're, a girl DMs you and she's underage and you don't know until you ask, or if you don't know until you've made the assumption that she is, why is that your fault? If you don't solicit sex or don't ask for nude pics or don't do anything wrong, you haven't made you haven't committed a crime. Why are you apologizing for who you are? I'm sure he has tons of underage girls reaching out to him. Same with any comedian that's 40 years old that likes to pretend that they're 20. Right. Right. I mean, he he. He's 40 years old. Look at the way he is. Look at the way he acts. Look at the way he dresses. He acts like a 20-year-old. Yeah. So I'm sure he does have young girls reaching out to him. And he probably does have to he probably does have to police the situation, no pun intended, uh, more so than he needs to because of that. But that's not his fault. He shouldn't apologize for that. Why is it his fault? that people like his comedy liked him in tv shows like his podcast you know what i mean yeah yeah i, I don't you're, I don't you're just saying he has but no reason to be the, sorry the whole explanation was weird but i i think that's one of those things where like you don't we're not in in the shoes of somebody who is a massive star speak for yourself bro jesus and what are you saying and well, we're we're not in their shoes, and and no matter what, like I, I think he did right by making a statement. Yeah. But but it's one of those things where no matter what you say, it can probably be taken odd by anybody, right? Now in this in this scenario, I would have said I would have said stop bef- if he would have just posted. What he did, but and stopped right before he said "I'm sorry" or he apologized. I think that would have been enough. I agree one hundred because because if he is not guilty of anything, he kind of made it sound like a little he's had. You know, well now people are going to dig deeper. Yeah, right. What happened to innocence? He'll prove guilty. I didn't do it. Fine, prove it. I didn't do it. You know. He's not going to be considered. He's not going to be vilified because he said, "I didn't do anything." Show me the proof. And he's not, and he's not going to get sympathy for what he said, like all the extra stuff that he said about being about. Not, uh, uh, hell well, no. Well, especially especially for a star to say, "I apologize," I got caught up in my lifestyle. That is not a way to get sympathy. I agree. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, the, the reason that I brought it up is because I read that statement from him, and I was just like, "Wow, I, I don't, I don't understand um, why he would go that far, especially when it's kind of like the everything is sort of new and fresh." But I, I did see those, so the whole reason I learned about the story is that same buddy that tweeted about um, what we were talking about earlier tweeted, "Maybe this is why he calls his fans babies." And I was like, "Oof." Touche. Yikes. Touché. That's yeah. I, I, I commented on Twitter. Yikes. <laughs> How, dare you? How dare you? Well, let's, let's, um, God, we, this truly has been, we haven't talked about anything fun. Let me ask you, I do want to, I, I want to say one thing. Okay. I want to say one thing. 
um, I have to retract something I said. So you remember UFC 250? I talk about I talked about um, Devin Clark kneeling in the octagon, and I said something about how the media talked about how his dad was killed by police. Mm-hmm. Totally false. I don't know who said that. I don't remember who they were. I don't know why I listened to it. Not the case at all. His dad actually was in his corner. He just chose to kneel. So okay, if anyone heard this and was <laughs> offended for Devin Clark, I completely understand why. I apologize. Um, but, um, it, I, I can't believe I fell for that, but either way. So no, his dad is in his corner. He's a large reason why Devin Clark has been successful as of late. So that stupid media. Anyway, I've been listening to, are you a Deftones fan? A little bit. Um, I, I feel like they were right before my time as far as like when I got into, my came into my own as far as music goes. I know a lot of people live and die by Deftones. I feel like even if that is the case, you could still listen to them, but go on. I'm not saying I can't. And I probably should, I, mean, I probably should give them more of a chance. It's just never been in my rotation. You haven't given them a chance. Okay. Um, or enough of a chance, Wiz- I guess. Have you watched Wizard of Oz? The, like the, the actual- movie. Yes. Did you make it all the way through? Pretty sure. So you gave that a chance, and that's way before your time. So explain to me that, why you can't that's listen. A, that's to a different. A- that's a different thing. You know what I'm saying? Like when I came into no. my when I came into my own as far as what as music goes, like that was right before. Like that wasn't that 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 that, that band was not in my rotation of music when I came into my own as far as like what I listened to. But they're still releasing albums. Okay, as I just said, I'm. I could prob. I probably need to give them more of a chance. I just have not taken the time to do it. I'm one of those people you refer to that live or die by Deftones. Okay, well, so I've been I'm, listening to them. I'm admitting fault because I feel like that's what you're wanting me to do. So I apologize. No, that's, I've gotten that's caught up in my lifestyle. All, you're you're <laughs> condescending. You're you're insulting me. You're insulting me. Ed. It's condescending. You're choosing to be offended right now. No, I didn't say offended. I'm insulted. But I'm insulted by the fact that you're being condescending about a band that you should know. If you like, what's the band you always talk about you like that when I make fun of you for? Trapped. Your boy in Trapped. Oh, so geez. if you like Trapped, you should like Deftones. Okay? Okay. And the only reason I bring it up is I, uh, I've been listening to, basically, I listened to the full White Pony album today, which is like, in the the order of importance for me with albums, um, it's top three as far as just inspiring me as a musician or as just a human being. Um, it's it's one of my favorite records of all time. Uh, it turns 20, 20 years old on the twentieth of this month. So I've been I've been prepping for that, but they're they're putting out a. Um, they're putting out like a remix version of it called Black Stallion. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but I, no, I've been I've been preparing for that by listening to them all. I'm probably gonna just it's probably going to be nothing but Deftones from now until then. What do you What do you mean by remixed version? Like all the songs are gonna be remixed? Um, yeah. How? I don't know, man. I'm not in the band. Good point. I don't know. I don't. It's uh, 
We're going to be releasing it later in the year, reissue of the record. We're going to do sort of a split side of the record, a remix version of it titled Black Stallion. Black Stallion. So we have a bunch of different people on it, some that actually inspired some of the writing of the record itself on the original album. So it's, it's, it's kind of coming full circle. That's Chino, lead singer of the Deftones, commenting on that. So, okay. um, yeah, you really need to go start listening to them. Man. I can't believe that. If, if I asked you to name a Deftone song, which one would you name? Or could I, you? I don't think I could. I know that one of their albums had an owl on it. Yeah. Is that right? That is a what? Is there one of the albums have an owl on it? Yeah. So one of the albums from your time, this time that you're talking about. <laughs> yes. It was one of the biggest albums of your time. Okay. So, <sighs> so answer me this. If I'm going to listen to Deftones, I'm going to try to get into them, give them a major chance. Why? Yes. What is the, the major importance that you say? Why, why were they so influential? The sound, the words, what is it that makes to, them so to me, important? To me personally? Yes. The sound for sure. Okay. Um, the vocals for sure. And just the overall... Um, the overall way that their music moves me. So I like to be moved by music. So when when I listen to something, even if it's catchy or it's heavy, or something like that. If it doesn't move me in a way where I have to go, gotta listen to it again. Now, it doesn't mean I'm not gonna revisit it later. It just means that it didn't have as big of an impact as the stuff that moves me, you know? So that's where, I, and I know that sounds really dorky and very, I sound like a hipster, but that's what that album, specifically White Pony, that's what that band and White Pony still to this day does for me. Every time I listen to that record, I'm just like, God damn, like it's it's what? one of those records where it just does not get old for me at all. What's the other album that people go back and forth with as being their best album? Around the Fur, I would say it's the one that came before White Pony. You know, I mean, look, their first four albums are four of the, in my opinion, four of the best albums ever made. You know, if you ask me, name your top 100 albums of all time, any genre, any time period, their first four albums are going to be in my top 100. They just are. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, White Pony, Around the Fur, Adrenaline, Adrenaline is their first record. I, but I think that's when, the, you know, it's their first record. People go back to that. It's the nostalgia thing. And I think, like, they look at it and they go, all right, it was their first record, but then Around the Fur came out. And then I, the band changed, and so have I. And then White Pony came out, and now the band's changed again. But the reason I even bring it up is the fact that it's 20 years old. The fact that that album came out in 2000, I don't even, it feels like yesterday to me. That's how much I listen to it, you know? And there aren't many, there aren't many bands or records that I can say that about. You know, Incubus, Deftones, for, for, for me personally, I could listen to most of their records all of the time and it doesn't, it doesn't get old. And there are a lot of newer bands that I've sort of, become giant fans of such as parkway drive where i listen and i go god damn this just this is not getting old like i figured like eventually i would get sort of sick of it nah, I, I just don't but deftones for so first four albums so after white pony was their self-titled which to me is still one of their more underrated records i would say people don't talk about it too much 
So the one that you're referring to is Diamond Eyes. Yes. So that's of your time period. Yeah. But before that, there was Saturday Night Saturday Night Wrist. Not a lot of, I guess Deftones fans talk about that, but outside of that, I don't think it's as well received as some of the others. Uh, but then in 2012, God, that was that long ago, I think, 2012. But there's this record called Koino Yokin. So I would say for you, being someone who doesn't necessarily know their catalog, I think you could listen to that and like what's going on. I could be completely wrong. That's just me. Um, but I, I, you know, I just think about all the music that you say that you like and all the bands you listen to. It's bizarre that Deftones hasn't like somewhere at some point been a part of the conversation where I'm like, I need to go. I know a lot of the bands you like have mentioned them as an influence even. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. God, you're just doing everyone a disservice. Hey, I'm learning here. I'm not going to let you off easy. I'm learning here. No, but actually, to be honest, like talking to people like you and talking to people in the music scene that I trust, like out of St. Louis and stuff, like people that I actually trust their musical opinions, I, I it's actually made me learn a lot as far as like, I guess, behind, not like the different sounds and stuff like that. Like I, I do a lot now when I listen to songs of like separating out the guitar from the drums, from the vocals and everything like that. Versus yeah, yeah. when you're, you know, when you're younger and you start getting into music, you don't really, you just hear that's the sound and that's the words like that. You know what I mean? Right, that that right. goes together versus being able to separate it all out. Now I can, I'm learning how to, you know, separate all that kind of stuff out. That's cool. But I would say at the end of the day, don't let that be your main motivation. Just listen to listen and yeah. find out if you you know what I mean? I think it's good that you do that, but, um, and I, I, I get that. I don't even try to do that sometimes. It just doesn't move me. Does the sound move me? You know, I've fucking been moved by Katy Perry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's that's, just, not, that's not because of her music though, right? Well, um, I think we can end on that. I got to piss anyway. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> All right, well, let's get out of here. Then. I'm a married man, bro. You are. <laughs> <laughs> We're out. <laughs>